And now it's time for Chasing Better with Noxie! G'day legends, welcome to episode seven of Chasing Better with Noxie. Uh, I am your host, Mr. Knox. Uh, and coming in today is a mate of mine that only really known for the last couple of months. Um, met through a business uh, weekend event, yeah. uh, which was very cool. Uh, marketing and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but he has an incredible story. He's trained with me down at uh, TVC Manager as well. And uh, it's been awesome to kind of um, chew the fat, so to speak, and, and see that you've actually had a really cool journey of uh, chasing better yourself, which is really cool. Um, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce Mr. Ken Blowfield. Welcome, mate. G'day, How are you? Good, good to see good. you, man. Mate, as I do this formally. Yeah, actually. man. <laughs> so um, have you been on a podcast before? Like, what's your experience been with this? Have you kind of jumped into this kind of area of uh, social media before? Yeah, so um, I've been on a couple of podcasts in the past. Yep. Um, primarily, a uh, podcast for me was in my previous life. Yep. An exercise scientist as a PT and that type of stuff. Yeah, cool. Business podcasting is fairly new for me. I was on one earlier this week. Oh, nice. Today's the second one, so it's yeah. all good. Perfect, yeah. man. So um, let's go back and give like a bit of a rundown. So you were just saying earlier that you've had like a, a big experience with the fitness industry. Um, you're now working in the marketing space and kind of business side of things instead. Um, but I suppose like what was life like for you as a kid? Because you're a fairly fit bloke. You like to train and all that sort of stuff, mm -hmm. obviously, um, with your ties to the fitness industry. But like... What was life like as a kid? Had you always been a sporty kid or like did you start training at a young age or like what was the go there? Yeah, that's a good question actually because I, um, I had a little bit of an interesting upbringing. I was very, very motivated myself yep. to be the best I could physically be growing up. So uh, I remember when I was in primary school, I'd go out and I'd put on some sprint shoes and I'd just go on the sprint track and, and sprint train. But I think the biggest influence from my early age was my cousin, he noticed that I was relatively good at sprinting when mm -hmm. I was in primary school. And every Saturday night, I used to stay at my auntie's house with, which obviously my cousin was there, and he was a little bit older. Yep. He had his license, so he used to drive us down to the park and do sprint training with me. Okay. So I was very fortunate in the sense that I had a, you know, quote unquote coach yep. to coach me in <clears throat> improving my athletic development from, you know, as, as young as probably seven, eight, nine, yep. uh, which cool. was sensational. Moving forward, um, leaving primary school, actually before leaving primary school, I was always in the top five to 10 fastest sprinters in my year group. Yep. And I was dreading going from year seven to year eight, back when year eight was the first year in high school. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was always dreading that because I was like, oh, I'm one of the fastest now in primary school, but when I get to high school, yeah. There's a bigger cohort of students, um, guys from different areas. Sacred Heart was the school I went to. It's a very much of a, a sporting-based yep. uh, sporting school. So I was like, oh, I'm not gonna be good, I'm gonna suck. So over that year seven to year eight, Christmas holiday period, I trained my fucking ass off. Yep. I apologize, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. No, nah, you're right, man, go for it, all good. I yeah, trained yeah. my ass off. I, was, um, I looked up all the, the different types of, types of training modalities. Mm -hmm. And obviously being, you know, year seven and a young 12 year old I was pulling out books but I was also going on Google mm -hmm. um, Google wasn't so big back then but yeah, yeah. You know, I was going on Google and it's kind of a big deal now yeah, yeah. Yeah. grabbing out all the books I could go my dad would take me to the library I'd get all this like the sports science books or uh, whatever they were called back then then I was learning about plyometrics um, I was learning about um, you know obviously bodybuilding exercise was very popularized back then mm -hmm. but I was trying to find my uh, find my um, 
find an area which could improve my athleticism. Mm -hmm. So I was doing lots of jump squats, switch lunges or jump lunges, um, jumping push-ups. I'd go to the park when my parents were asleep or early in the morning and mm -hmm. I'd wake up early and I'd jump over benches and I'd do monkey bar chin-ups and things like that. So mm -hmm. I really primed myself to be, I suppose, quote unquote, the best athlete I could be mm -hmm. when I came to high school. When I got there, Surprise, surprise, I was the best. Yeah, yeah, great. yeah. yeah. Um, and, I, and I destroyed that. And I continued that, um, that regimen of activity mm -hmm. pretty much all the way through high school, and, uh, which allowed me to you know, get champion boy you know, a few years in a row. Uh, allowed me to uh, you know, represent the school, uh, represent the state in other sports like Taekwondo as well, yeah, uh, and also represent the country at one point. So to answer your question, was I athletic? Yes. Mm -hmm. But I don't think if I didn't put in all that effort, I would have been anywhere near as good as I was. Mm. So a common thing I hear, now we obviously work with a lot of mums and dads at TBC as clients and stuff like that. And they're obviously a lot of them get worried that their kids aren't doing enough. Mm -hmm. And then there's also some that worry that the kids are doing too much. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, something I've seen on, you know, uh, things like the current affair and stuff a few times, you know, kids are getting exhausted by, you know, extra activities and stuff like this. Like, because you had that kind of drive and passion to be the best, so a bit of a competitive edge, mm -hmm. essentially, like, do you find you missed out on anything in particular as a kid because of that? Or do you find that that was just something that fueled more success in other areas of your life? So study and school routine and just day-to-day -day habits and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, um, there's an old saying, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yep. And um, I suppose I put my dedication, my hard work into improving my physical performance, my physical output. Mm -hmm. Do I think I missed out? I think others missed out by not being able to um, have the same intrinsic drive mm -hmm. to succeed. Of course. Um, yeah. Because I think if, if your parents are pushing you, if you have external factors tr pushing you to, to, to be the best, and it's not an intrinsic drive, mm -hmm. and that's when you get burnout. That's when yeah. you, uh, you know, that's when you start to hate life. You feel like you're missing out. Yeah. But if you truly love it, what you're trying to do each day, mm -hmm. I felt I felt sorry for others who didn't have the same drive as me. Yeah, I used nice. to I used to try to get my friends involved, but yeah, no cool. one wanted to do it. Did you? Um, I suppose probably a common thing as well is like, did your parents take an interest in what you were doing, or they were just like, oh, well, he's going crazy, so let's just leave him at it, or? Like, did they ever ask if it was something you truly enjoyed doing or like what was the go there? Uh, I don't really think they paid any attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, um, definitely I was, I was quite big in Taekwondo and martial arts growing up. They yep. paid, a, or my dad uh, uh, specifically paid a lot of attention to that. Yeah, cool. To uh, foster my development in that. Yep. Um, my mum was more motivated for me academically. Yeah, and, cool. I, and I can kind of see that. My dad is... Um, you know, English, so he, he, he likes the sporting aspect. My mum mm -hmm. is Asian, she likes the academic, academia yeah, yeah. aspect. So yeah. it's, um, it's nice to have that overlay. And even if you look at my, my siblings, like my little brother, for example, um, I think he's had the best because I was able to, uh, I suppose, extrinsically and him himself, intrinsically drive himself to be the best he could physically. Mm -hmm. um, and then mum, and mum was the supporting beam around him, mm -hmm. I was much closer with my dad growing up. Now yep. I'm much closer with my mum. Uh, but my little brother was much closer with my mum. So she really fostered him academically. Yeah, right. So he had me fostering him from a physical perspective because we were quite close or I was quite driven to make him the best he could be. Good. And then my mum was driven to make him the best he could be academically. So I think he got the best of both worlds. And now yes. 
He's doing sensational things. The youngest sibling always gets everything. Well, um, you ask my older sister that, she'll tell you that as well. <laughs> that's all right. But um, no, that's 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 really powerful stuff. So like, I love diving into that kind of psyche of like what it's like as a kid because it can often lead to uh, growth as an adult or a lack of growth as well as we as we, as we see every day now. Um, and I, I personally feel it's to do with the supportive community of not only just family, but the people around you as well. Like um, my academics with school had incredible support through all the teachers and stuff like that. So I was very blessed to have that as well up in Broome, uh, which even for like a small community, like you compared to living in Perth, it's probably like a completely different kettle of fish. But when you can find that you've got someone that's like, well, you want to have a go at this, like let's, let's push. So, you know, doing two subjects by distance ed up there, for example, mm. because we just didn't have enough people wanting to do that unit, for example. Like learning calculus by distance yeah. ed over a phone, pretty full on as a 17 year old, you know? Yeah. So, um, but yes, I mean, that's, that's really cool. So what's kind of, uh, how did you then kind of get into the fitness industry side of things? Like what kind of, like was it a, you mentioned that um, the passion's always been there as a kid, which mm. is great. Like, did you see a business opportunity or was it something that you're like, well, actually I'm kind of done with school. I don't really want to study. I just want to like go and train on the weights or what was the go there? Yeah, there, there was a period in my life that was just that. Yep. Um, but it was quite young. So I was quite fortunate that it was just young because uh, I think study should be a part of everybody's life mm -hmm. until they kick the bucket. Yeah, of course. Um, but for me, it was young. It was like 15 to seven or 15 to 18. Really, mm -hmm. it was about, I just want to lift weights. I just want to lift, put, you know, pick up everything and put it down. I had my... Um, you know, at one point in my life, I thought I was going to be a UFC fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, thank God I didn't pursue that. <laughs> I, you know, I like my nose, I like my, yeah. uh, you know, my facial structure. Don't want um, the cauliflower ears. Exactly. No. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I really like my brain, so I don't really want that yeah, to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's um, So, lucky I didn't pursue that. Although, I still, I, I have a massive passion for fighting yep. and things like that, but I don't, or sparring, but I don't want to get kicked in the head or hit in the face, right? Mm -hmm. Um... But yeah, 15 to 18 or 16 to 18, I was really big into my uh, resistance training. Mm -hmm. um, fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know whichever way you want to look at it. Uh, but yeah, that period of time, I was like, I just want to do weights. Yep. However, after I finished my PT qualification, after I finished ATAR or TE, whatever it was called back then at uni, mm -hmm. oh, sorry, high school, pursuing my first degree, the more I learned, the more I was like, gee, I don't know. Uh, and one of my old mentors said to me, um, Actually, my mentor's wife said it to me, Erin Hack. She said to me, uh, when, you, when you finish your bachelor's degree, the first thing you think of your bachelor's degree, I know everything. Then you start your master's degree. And then you think, shit, I know nothing. Then you do your PhD. And you're like, I fucking know nothing on this planet. <laughs> like, I need to learn more and more and more. Yeah. And that's really when I start to go, geez, that's really, really interesting. And she said to me, BS, like your bachelor's of science, the, ac the acronym being BS actually stands for something else. And I was like, what's that? Bullshit. Yeah, yeah, And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. She's like, because what you learn isn't what you need. Yeah, yeah, And you have to go find out, find what you need. Mm. Um, and that's when I decided to kind of step away from the tertiary education department or the tertiary education system and then really go out and find what I, what I wanted. But look, I can't remember your exact question there now. So I, I think- No, I no, that's cool. I, mean, <laughs> I, I found a very common, um, probably a likeness with doing Cert 3 and 4, right? The, mm. the education side of getting the piece of paper so that I could be a you know, personal trainer. Um, since being in the industry for what, six years now and owning a, a, a gym and all that sort of stuff, like 
it really doesn't even get your foot in the door. Yeah. Like, unless you're someone that actually, A, has the purpose drive to help others every single day. Like, you wake up and you're like, cool, I'm going to change someone's life today. Like, that's me. Yeah. So it sticks and it works well. But it's also the fact of, like you said, you've got to have that constant, like, thirst to improve and mm. grow not only physically, but also the brain. Like, there's so many different avenues in the fitness industry and just the health world in general that, you know, there's always going to be something new. Like, something changes every day uh, mm. in the fitness industry. But it's also the fact that if we're not doing that continuing education, like, that's where, when I was just a PT, I found that it was like, well, I'm stuck in a, a dead-end job, so to speak. I'm paying rent every week. And I'm like, well, what's the next growth step? I'm like, where do, where do you go from that, right? And I think that's something that, um, you know, talking as PT to another PT or a coach, right? Like, you can see where people get stuck. Mm. Um, I think there's three out of, like, 30 people that did my course, uh, Cert 3 and 4, that actually still are even anywhere in the fitness yeah. industry, which... To me, seems sad because all the guys that were on that course, bar probably two or three, were actually genuinely wanting to be there to help people to mm. see them be better. Um, and it just sucks that it's such an environment that you can get bogged down. And if you don't have that thirst for knowledge, it can be taken away from you. So mm. I suppose in your aspect, like the, the great thing is, is you've, you've had that drive as well. And you kind of, again, had some great mentors. So you're able to go, well, hang on, actually, yeah, what is my next step? Like, do I want to just stick with this? And is this the new norm? Or is it like, how do I grow from here? So, um, no, that's cool. And I mean... Yeah, I, I think, uh, like, just jumping in on that. Yeah. I think anyone who just accepts mediocrity or just accepts where they are to be their everyday life will some at some point become upset, depressed, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. but just feel unsatisfied. Yeah. Because, like, human beings, we're... we're we're an animal just like any other animal out there. Mm -hmm. And our whole um, mission in life is to, you know, to, to find out, find more things, to mm -hmm. go out, explore the world. I mean, human beings are explorers. Mm -hmm. If you get to the point where you're doing the same thing every single day, you wake up, you come home to the same person. Of course, that's great. I have a wife too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you come back to the same house, you go to the same job, you do the same things. You know, eventually there's no more excitement in that. Mm -hmm. So you have to you have to feel your thirst for excitement somewhere. Yeah. So I think in, in business as a as a PT or a coach or a business owner, you have to go out and find what's the next big thing that I can step into yeah. to grow myself, my business, or whatever. Yeah. Otherwise, it's boring. Yeah. Right. And I felt that. Um, I think everybody does eventually, and that's why everyone has these midlife crisis crises. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like we just need to find something that's continuously stimulating mm -hmm. our mind, our body. Um, just our existence yeah. so that we can enjoy life. Yeah, and that's something that I, I did a post yesterday on Facebook because um, one of my memories from finishing up at retail at Target, right? So that was the job I was doing for, oh, I think it was nearly three or four years mm -hmm. um, while I was kind of figuring out my weight loss and you know, did I want to be a coach and what was the next step essentially. And a big thing that I wrote about was obviously that fear of change and it's something that everyone deals with. It's mm. like not, not just something that the poor and mediocre and all that sort of stuff, like rich people deal with it, like superstars deal with it, like every, every human being on the planet deals with change at some stage. And I think the biggest thing that, that goes with that is that fear of the unknown. And it's like, you can either stay locked away and okay, yeah, this is my normality. This is my safe zone, right? Mm. Like people get used to safe and they get used to normal. And it's like, 
you get that one mate that comes along and goes, hey man, I think you'd be really good at this. Yeah. Like, you should have a crack at that because like you've got all the skills for it, you've got all that stuff. Like you've got potential to grow into that space and kill it, yeah. all right? Um, but then old old brain is like, oh no, I don't think I'll, I don't think I want to. And it's like, cool. A big thing I've found over the last couple of years is like if opportunity comes along, like you've got to try and grab it and go, mm. cool, will this work for me? Yes or no? Yeah, cool. Is it something I can grow into? Yes or no? Awesome. Because otherwise, if you keep saying no to everything, like again, you'll get stuck. You, yeah. will, you will get that depression side of things come in. And I think that's a great thing about being a coach now is I get the chance every day with either clients that have trained with me for six months or even guys that have literally just started yesterday like you have that opportunity to show them that better is possible. Mm. Yes, from a physical point of view, but like I have some conversations where I'm like, cool, let's let's fix your sleep. Like just yeah. imagine what you'd be like if you slept six hours a night instead of the three that you're currently getting in. Those three hours, I can guarantee aren't good quality. 100%. You know? yeah. So it's like showing people that opportunity to better. Like I've got a client at the moment that's just started a nail business, shout out to Tweet. Uh, but the great thing with that is like I have business chats with her. Yeah. Like now that I'm a gym owner, I can, I can have business chats with people. It's not just about the physical, you know? So that's another asset that I've kind of uh, attained over the probably the last two years is like you start to upgrade your level of thinking. It's like, cool. What other people can I aspire to like go and run a business for example? Right? And it's, it's like, that's something I've found really cool. So, but I mean, I think it's awesome. I think it's absolutely yeah. awesome. Cause I mean, you can't, you can't just continue to have the same conversations with people every day. I mean, how boring would that get? Exactly. Right? That's, uh, what's that movie? Groundhog Day. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't, you don't want to be experiencing Groundhog Day every day. Exactly. You want something new, exciting. You want, you want an adrenaline rush every single day. Exactly. Uh, I get an adrenaline rush. I mean, think about from a, from a, from a coaching perspective. I mean, if you just did the same program, like if you were the person doing the same program every single day with the same load, same mm-hmm. resistance, same repetitions, God, that's boring. Exactly. Right? And, for the first couple of weeks, you just need an extra rep and it's enough stimulus to make it a little bit more exciting. Yeah. Or a little bit more load. I mean, um, I'm sure when you know when you were starting out your training, I mean, how exciting is it just going from a, a 60 kilo deadlift to yeah. an 80 kilo deadlift, the 100 kilo deadlift, yeah. then 120, and then boom, it continues to, mm-hmm. to, to grow over time. You get that that um, that rush until you hit your plateau and then, yeah. it's, then it gets really shit. Then you need to change it up, mm-hmm. right? Life is the same. Exactly. Like you need, you need stimulation. You need fun. You need excitement. You need something to just give you that, that um, you know, motivation. Just get up in the morning and, and, and just just come to work and just be headstrong. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. So, moving on from the fitness world. So that was a big chunk of your life. For a, yeah. what? When did you kind of start moving towards the business side? Because you're you're living in the kind of business marketing world now. Yeah. And, obviously helping a lot of people with that as well. So like, again, you can see that passion for growth and better, which is awesome. That's what we're all about. Um, but yeah, I suppose like where, where did the transition kind of head from there? Like what was the, yeah, what was the go? That's a good question. I mean, I was never, I was never uh, not averse. I was always very motivated for business yep. in some level of degree. My old man was a very, uh, very entrepreneur, very ambitious in the property development game. Yep. Uh, developed a lot of properties. Um, don't quote me on this, but I believe he had over 100 properties in his name at one point in his life. So, right? and then my mum and him had a good fact check that now. Yeah, <laughs> there was plenty of companies, Blowfoot Enterprise, yeah. Velocity Enterprise, so, so many companies. Um, it made me doing tax when I was a young boy very difficult. Um, but uh, when mum and dad had their divorce, um, obviously shit hit the fan, mm-hmm. assets and all these other things needed to be sold off. 
Um, you know, and, and it was, but obviously growing up with that um, mindset of, you know, investing, business, and that was always kind of driven in me. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't know what kind of business venture I wanted to go down. I knew property was something that I wanted, wanted to get into, but when I was 14, 15, 16, I didn't have the capital to invest in the property. Yeah. Um, if I knew what I knew now, I would have invested my, my money in a different, different um, avenue. But I, I decided to invest it into my first facility, which was a, a gym in Calaroo, mm-hmm. a little personal training facility. Probably would have, if you know, I, I take two steps back, I probably would have saved that money and just invested it probably more into myself from a personal development and business business yep. mindset kind of perspective, but that's okay. Went in there and I had my first gym kind of when I was 17. That was cool. Yeah, right. Uh, and then the It's second, a pretty big deal for a 17-year-old. Like. Yeah, but it wasn't like, like, it sounds great, but I had like two other people, other top the coaches there at the yep. same, same time. We were all renting the uh, premises. Cool. Um, and uh, it was ours, yep. but it was pretty, it was cool. It was awesome, cool. man. Um, and they were at one point, my mentors uh, at one point in time. And then we decided to go into business together and open another big facility in Wangara, mm-hmm. specialized in junior athletic development. So by the time I was like 21, I've had two gyms. I've had some businesses in like e-commerce and stuff like that as well. So I was always ambitious in business. Mm-hmm. Just didn't really know how to make enough of an impact in this world that really mattered to me. Yeah. Uh, and that's when you know I was doing sports science and I found you know presenting in Europe and presenting in Asia wasn't really stimulating me enough, although it was stimulating, mm-hmm. wasn't giving me that drive where I was like, I'm not really, I felt like I wasn't helping enough people. Yeah, okay. So how can I help more people? Mm-hmm. So I was having the conversation with my colleagues at the time, my, my business partners, and you know, we, all three of us kind of suggested, hey, look, maybe it's best, you know, you go find your calling, because I couldn't give the gym enough time, because my mind is always in another place. Yeah, cool. So I went out, did a little bit of soul searching, had a couple uh, positions doing this and that, and then, um, I hooked back up with my buddy Kim, and Kim's where I'm working now. Um, I'm running a sales team, yep. um, doing a lot of marketing and strategy, strategic development for businesses, and implementing some new marketing plans inside businesses so they can scale and grow. Mm-hmm. Now, Kim and Kim and I have had a long-term relationship. Uh, who's actually the MC at my wedding? So shout out to Big Kimmy B. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so actually, when I had my first gym, we actually did almost like a. He actually had he was selling supplements at the time. Mm-hmm. So I'd send my clients his way, he'd give me supplements my way, and it was very um, reciprocated, right? Like, mm-hmm. I benefited, he benefited. Yep. Uh, so that's kind of where that went. And then now in, in my position of where I am today, I can help tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people mm-hmm. by helping businesses. Yes, if I can so. help businesses grow, can, and I'm very specific with the businesses we take on at YSP, yep. I want to make sure they're intrinsically motivated. I want to make sure that they're they're motivated to help people, not just motivated to make money. Yeah. And if I bring those type of people into the business and we help them grow and scale, then indirectly I'm helping hundreds, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, mm-hmm. if not millions of people, the more the more I continue on in this position. And you feel more fulfilled, right? Because yeah, that's what we're all chasing at the end of the day. Like, you know, I've I've read a few and I've talked about this on on the cast before, and like even talking with some of the members about it, like it's interesting to see when you read about, you know, people on death row or on their deathbed or they might be terminally ill with cancer or whatever. And like, you know, it's, it's, it's very insightful to hear what they regret in life. And the most common thing is that they didn't look after themselves physically enough. So they didn't move their body enough. Mm-hmm. Not that they were world-class athletes or anything, but they just kind of stopped at the age of 30 and then 
you know, had their kids and then it was like, oh, cool, I'm old now. All right, sweet. Yeah, yeah. The, the nursing home's coming for me, uh-huh. you know, and, and it's, it's, it's interesting to hear that. And then the other thing as well is that they also talk about they didn't do the things that truly made them happy. Like that's something that they I hear as a recommendation. Like my nan used to tell me all the time, like make sure you do stuff that keeps you smiling every day. Mm. And I was like, well, that's that's like I don't think that's you can true. get a more powerful <laughs> message than that, right? Yeah. Like, and it's it's really cool to see the people that have had because they've just had a longer experience than me, right? Mm. Like they're eighty versus my twenty or thirty or whatever, you know. So it's it's, it's really cool to see that sense of like actually chase fulfillment. And I think that's something that I've seen um, through some mentors of mine, and you probably hear it all the time as well, working in your space, like like find stuff that makes you happy and that you're passionate about. Because if you, again, like we said before, if you don't wake up every day wanting to go and do it and crush it, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. And you're not gonna enjoy it and you're probably not gonna stick it out. Exactly, know? yeah. Um, yeah. Like, and, and people, any job, any position, any industry, people come and go, Yeah. right? The turnover rate is just like, like Personal training industry is renowned for phenomenal. Because, um, <laughs> private gyms are better because you know you look after your staff, you take care of them, you focus on their own personal development, their own growth. You give them great clients, right? They work in a great team, a great, great environment with great people. But you look at commercial gyms, right? They just churn them over. Like when I was in my first uh, position as a PT in a commercial gym, God, there was like. I swear at least three new PTs a week. Mm. Um, and they just come and go, right? It's like an ever-revolving door. Um, and that's cool if uh, if that's what you want in a business. But I don't know about me as a, me as a person mm. and as a business owner, if I was still a business owner, which I am with my wife, but um, I want longevity in my, in my staff and employees. I want everybody who comes into my facility to just be absolutely blown away with love, respect. I want everybody who's my staff member to feel loved and respected. Mm-hmm. You don't get that in these in these big corporate environments that aren't offering people fulfillment. Yeah. If you offer fulfillment, people feel fulfilled and people will stay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I think I think that's just so important. Mm. Yeah. Um, we were touching on something just a second ago. I can't remember what it was. I just slipped my mind. I get so passionate about this. I just <laughs> that's my train. It's all right, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's what we do. Like you get passionate about things, like oh, I'm wound up. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, Steve, Steve Jobs. Um, I was listening to a podcast, and I paraphrase from a gentleman who paraphrased, paraphrased Steve Jobs in this podcast, but he said something like, Steve Jobs on his deathbed said, um, my biggest regret is um, not uh, uh, not, giving the, no, not giving the time to the connections of the people around me who really mattered mm. and actually focusing on making more of an impact. Yeah. Right, so if you just focus on the dollars and a lot of people focus on the dollars and don't worry about the relationships, relationships behind that, mm screw a lot of people over and they regret that. Yeah. I think if you take care of people, people take care of that, ter- take care of you. Mm. Listening to this other, this other podcast um, on actually uh, my buddy's, uh, Kim's podcast, it's yep. about um, how to network effectively. Um, and and I, I can't remember the the, uh, the guest and I, I love to give credit where I can, but I can't remember and it just the name escapes me. But he was talking about when you're networking, never go to network to, you know, get them to buy from you or to sell them something or all these other things. Just go there to make an honest, true connection. Mm. And and don't just don't just leave it at, at that event. Mm. Literally connect with them. Most people just add them on LinkedIn or add them on Facebook and that's it. Mm. Literally just send a message. And if they don't respond, send another message on a different platform. Mm. Connect, actually connect meaningfully, but not in a way to sell them something, yeah. just as a way to connect. Exactly. And I always say it on the phone, when I'm speaking to businesses, I was like, I'm always like, I don't care if you buy from me today. 
I rather I rather keep this connection, this relationship, because I think they're fantastic people. And most of the people I speak to are great people. Mm. I rather nurture and nourish this relationship because who knows where that can lead in the future. Exactly. Might not be today, might not be in two years' time, and it might not even be with your social voice with Kim. Mm. Could be with something else. Yeah. So burning any bridges like is so important. It's yeah. like, so, so important that you don't do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? And yeah. I, I, that's that's another big thing with uh, like being a coach, right? Like we get people coming in that want to join the gym and they're not a good fit for us. Yeah. Like, And that's something that I've even stated to our current members and I'm like, oh, I knock back people all the time. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, Surely you should be trying to sign everyone, right? Like, you know, money and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but if I was to sign all of the roid raging gym jackie dickheads, so to speak, from say Golds or wherever, um, to come in here and train in our awesome community-based environment, can you see that working well for you as another member who isn't that way inclined? And they're like, oh, I'd hate that. It's like, exactly, exactly, right? It's like, cool. Those people have you know dedicated a lot of time, but in my opinion, they still go about a few things in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like one of the greatest things that I'm most thankful for with our gym is seeing members and some of the guys that have been on the podcast already over the last couple of weeks, like hearing them share stories of how they're actually inspiring people and they didn't even realize it, right? Like, yes, they've had amazing weight loss transformations or yes, they're getting strong as hell. Like Lauren wants to compete in a powerlifting competition now, which is fantastic. That's awesome. You couldn't get two words out of it when she came and joined us last year, right? Like it's massive, but to hear that and then when I actually ask them, I'm like, oh, so have you noticed that people reach out to you for help now? And they're like, oh yeah, actually my friend asked me about like protein powder the other day. Like I thought it was really weird and I was gonna actually just shoot them straight off to you to ask a question, but like I actually was able to help them and kind of lead them. I'm like, it's good, right? It feels really good. Like, and, and that's where that fulfillment comes from is that because you're leading with the heart instead of the head and not worrying about figures and numbers, like, it has such a big impact, like you said. And I think yeah. that's where like businesses that do well crush it. Yeah, and how does that like even so Lauren's answering these questions, helping this person, and you indirectly help that help that person too. Yeah. Right? By helping Lauren, she's helped some other person. And who knows down the line, yeah. that person may help someone else. So exactly. you've indirectly helped all these people. And likewise your coach who got you into this yeah. has indirectly helped hundreds if not thousands of people if not tens of thousands of people already just through you yeah. right how crazy is that it's fantastic man. Yeah. and i think that's probably like the overall message today is that yes you can chase down better yes you can you know put the hard slog in but the fruit of it is that you can actually start to inspire others yeah. who then inspire others who yeah. then inspire others and like that ripple effect is like you can't beat that Mm. like in any format any workplace any environment like if you're creating a ripple effect for good like that's the most powerful thing in my opinion 100 and that's why that's why when you when you're going down the route of going out to help people like Mm. and and with your team right leading Mm. it's like you don't you don't just want to be a leader you want to be a manager Mm. it's hundreds of there's millions of managers all over the world right and they'll suck and there are leaders all over the leaders all over the world, and they're great, but they generally suck, right? They generally don't have the right mindset to actually be leading the people that they should be leading. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you're going to be the, the right leader, you need to be a conscious leader. Yeah, you need to put, put the people first. It's like think about mum. Like I always, I always think about mums. Right? <laughs> it's like mums are the biggest conscious leaders ever. It's like there is so much food, but everybody eat first, 
I, I as the mum will eat last because I want my I want my loved ones to eat. I want my loved ones to be uh, fulfilled, supported, and nourished first before I ever I mm -hmm. have help. It's it's the person you know the last person to speak at a meeting. It's like I want you to all get your opinions out, and then I will give you my opinion. But I want you guys to have your conversation first. I want you guys to be nourished first, and then let me help you after. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's from a from a conscious leadership perspective. It's like how can we help people through the lens of our own values and and, and um, you know our, our own values and, uh, and I suppose insights and integrities, right? Like we all have individual insights, we have all have individual values, mm -hmm. and if we look through the lens of what we perceive to be right and give that to others, I think the world would be such a better place. But such a better place. Amen, brother. I love it. I love it. So. I suppose probably like to wrap it all up in a nice bow, what's been your three biggest takeaways from being in the fitness industry, being in the marketing space and the business management and stuff like that? Like, like what would be your three go-to steps for people that are wanting to chase down their own better? Now, whether that's a physical transformation, um, they're wanting to just live that little bit happier, um, or if they are looking at the business scope of, you know, like, could I run my own business one day? Like, mm -hmm. what would be kind of your three biggest takeaways to kind of get started on the right path? Cool. I reckon uh, I love that question. You can ask me this question, you know, <laughs> many, many times, and my answers will be will, will be different. Very, very many, many, many of the times, right? Yep. But I think one of the most important thing is actually just setting habits and routines and yep. sticking to those habits and routines. Yep. Um, or maybe a better a better suggestion is rather than a habit and routine to start with because you can't set a habit and routine unless you first set a goal. Yeah. So maybe the first thing is actually to set a goal, but everybody sets goals mm -hmm. and no one ever goes through with them. Yeah. Right? And I'm talking about the goals you say to yourself when you're on the pillow. You mm -hmm. lie your head down and say, tomorrow morning I'm going to do this. You yeah. wake up tomorrow morning, you know you have to do it, you're like, snooze. Yeah. I'll sleep today. Oh, I was this, like, this pillow is really good. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about the pillow talk goals, the ones where you don't tell anyone because you don't want people to know that you failed. Exactly. Right? Commit to those goals. Mm -hmm. And that's the first biggest thing. Once you can commit to your, your pillow talk goals where you say to yourself, I need to do this because I want to do that. Mm -hmm. And then you can actually commit to it. I think that's the first step to success. Mm -hmm. Right? And do you do you find um, actually announcing those pillow talk goals to someone else is like that's massive? Well, yeah, hundred percent. But okay. I, I think you know, like you always have your own pillow talk goals that you won't announce. Oh yeah. One because my head's rested on the pillow. <laughs> I can tell my wife if she's snoring. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, I bless her soul. She's not. She's generally working. She stays up later than me. I go to bed. But um, I know uh, actually my my wife's uncle says it. he actually has a, ne a notebook notebook next to his bed. Yeah, nice. Whenever he thinks of an idea, he writes it down. Yeah. Because nine times out of ten, you don't remember it the next day. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, just going back to the goals, it's like just get uh, actually action those goals. Because yeah. if you don't action them and you don't repeat like repetitively stick to it, mm -hmm. those goals are freaking useless. You're yeah. not going anywhere, yeah. right? And uh, like if we just kind of wrap it all back into the, the start of our conversation about me, you know, being intrinsically motivated as a young as a as a, as a young young boy. To wake up in the morning and train every single day before school and then walk to school like that for me was something that i could have easily said no to mm -hmm. but i was motivated to do it yeah. you've got to find your passion your motivation just do it every single day and yeah. like bro i mean we, we both believe in exercise mm -hmm. so i think everybody should be exercising at least once a day yeah. right it doesn't have to be in the gym yeah. just moving your body yeah right so i think anyway habits and, and goals that's one right mm -hmm. two 
is actually, to be honest, let's just wrap that up into commitment. Just be committed, <laughs> just be committed to something and freaking action it, right? See how it changes and that's yeah. been, what, a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so be committed, all right? Two, I think, is be determined. Um, so, and, and I suppose you can you can wrap those two up as, very, as, as similar, but they're not. Mm-hmm. Because commitment is something that you do regularly and determined is something that you keep your eye on and you focus on it. Okay. Um, so committed is something that you do every single day because you just do it. It's a habit, it's a routine, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a commitment to a goal, but determination is something that you keep your eye on. Yeah. Uh, and I think that could be you know six months down the track, 12 months, it could be two years, five years, but it's determined towards something. In fact, in fact the Japanese have something called the uh, centurion goal, the hundred year goal. Mm-hmm. It's like they're one thing that they want to do on this planet before they kick the bucket. And I think that's really nice. Yeah, right. Um, so determination on something that is going to be actually impactful in the world. Yeah, right. Right. And the third final thing is try to try to do something good every single day. Yeah. Because I think if you and this is just kind of coming back into success, right? If you do something good every single day, you feel great about that, mm-hmm. and that will positively shape your life. Because mm-hmm. if you if you don't do something that you actually you actually believe is right. I think, I think, I don't know this to be true because I haven't done it because everything I do is good. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but I would say if you do something negatively, negative every single day mm-hmm. and you repeat that for the rest of your life, you'll become a pretty negative person. Mm-hmm. But if you positively try to shape the world to be, to be, to be something better, that will shape you into be, to be a better person. Yeah. And that, to me, is ultimately success. So if I kind of like wrap that all up again, it's be committed to your pillow talk goals, be determined on your end outcome and what you want to leave on this planet before you kick the bucket. Fantastic. And the third and final thing, what did I say? Hey. What did I say is the third and final thing? Third and final thing. Was, uh, this is testing my memory now. Um, oh, positive thing every day. Positive thing every single yeah. day. That's right. Yeah. So one more time. Commitment, determination uh, to leave an impactful thing and then yeah. um, positive every single day. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah I, I, that's like, that's a ripper. And I mean, I, I love asking that as a kind of closing question because even for some of my clients that have been on here already, like to hear that some of them are like, you know, um, get a mentor. Mm-hmm. Like, that's cool. To hear them say that, like, that's awesome because they're, they're starting to look towards how do I set structured goals, but I can't do that if I don't find someone who's potentially done it already. Exactly. Like, that's a really cool thing. Um, you know, routine and habits, like, that's another thing that one of my members was like, oh, yeah, like, it's all about systems. If you don't have systems, it's not going to work. I'm like, oh, my God, it's getting through yeah, to them. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, but, exactly. like, it's it's really, really cool. And, again, I, I just, that's part of growth, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I just think it's been absolutely fantastic chatting with you today, man. My pleasure, man. And um, thanks for your time and sharing your awesome story. I suppose probably the last thing as well is like, what are you most uh, excited for in the next 12 months? Because there's a lot of negativity out there at the moment, as we know. But again, we have the choice every day to choose the positive or choose the negative. So what are you most excited for and what's getting you revved up over the next 12 months? Yeah, awesome, love that. Um, look, for me, Getting the most revved up is uh, really my, my wife's business. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kicking some absolutely epic goals at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so just driving that to ultimate success. So yep. uh, I'm not gonna tell you the figures, but uh, yeah, we have, a, we have a pretty, pretty awesome target that we're, yep. we're moving towards. So what, is, what does she do out of curiosity? Yeah, she does website development, website oh, okay. design and graphic design. Yeah, um, awesome. So very synergistic, very, um, it aligns with us very very well at your social voice because we do social media marketing and business development and that type of stuff. Yep. So when companies need new websites, we just boom, pass them off to Kristen. So it works very, very well. But yeah, we have some some big targets for her. Awesome. Uh, but also for myself. Yep. Um, for me, it's one about hitting my personal targets. 
um, both from a business perspective, mm -hmm. but for me every single day right now, it's about hitting my um, health targets. Yeah. So my wife and I, we wanna um, start trying for a baby probably in the next 12 months. Fantastic. Congrats right. on the wedding, by the way. Thank you very much. How long has that been? Because that's flown past. Yeah, yeah, that was in March. Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah that's, right. that's right. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah it was yeah. actually one week after CBL. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so we want to try to start trying for the baby in the, next, in the next 12 months or something. Fantastic. But I said to my wife, I want to be at the best in, in the best physical shape of my life. Mm -hmm. um, but not just physically, but also from a health perspective as yeah. well. And I, I also want her in the belt. Best. Holistic, right? Yeah, like the whole picture. Yeah, good. Exactly, because I think, you know, That'll trickle down. Yeah. Like if you're not in the best shape that you possibly can be mm -hmm. when you're trying for a baby, potentially that may affect the development of the baby. I don't know, but I rather I rather just play. Right. Pretty cool if it came out with three arms. I'm just saying. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm just saying yeah. Three arms for those of you. It's a freak athlete. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, awesome, man. So yeah, again, thanks for your time, man. It's been absolutely My fantastic. Pleasure, um, just chewing the fat, and it's freezing cold outside, so it's been great <laughs> to sit in by the heater and have a chat. And uh, yeah, guys. If you want to check out Ken, you're all over social media, obviously, because you work in that space. So, yeah, yeah. like, give the guys listening in, like, what's, uh, where's best to find you if they want to reach out and touch base and yeah. see what's going on. Awesome, guys. Like, the best place to find me is always on Instagram. So just at sign Ken Blowfield. Yep. Um, find me on there. It's always uh, always reach out, follow me, and, and send me a DM. Love to connect. Perfect. Yeah, I'll be throwing up his uh, socials as well, guys. So check the description below uh, and. Uh, We'll get it out to the greater masses. We're all about that positive life. So, um, thanks, thanks again, Cheers, brother. Bro. Appreciate it, man. And keep rocking it. Awesome. <laughs> all right, thanks, bro. Thanks for tuning in, legends. As always, I love chatting with amazing humans. If you have a wicked story of your own chasing better that you would love to share with us, uh, make sure to hit us up. Make sure you follow, subscribe, like, do all that cool stuff. Um, if you're looking for me on Instagram, you can check me out at, at Coach Hard Knocks, so C-O-A-C-H-H-A-R-D-K-N-O-X, um, and that is where you can find all my latest content, videos, training stuff, and just awesome testimonials from members and clients and friends and family. Um, we'll see you soon.